25 seconds left to play. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. I want winners. This crowd is alive. Play to win the game. Wyatt from the shotgun, two backs alongside. Knock him out, John. Wyatt gets the ball. It won't be long. Wyatt back to throw. Wyatt looks. Fires toward the end zone. Passes. Caught for touchdown by Matthew Butler. Speak to They are who we thought they were. And we let them out the hook. I get out of hand. Just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left. 372 Y The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going to go to college? I'll just play football. Alright, let's do it. Hour two of the show, off and running. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. Local agents, hometown heroes in all 82 counties across the great state of Mississippi. Check them out at favorites.com if you have not already. You'll be doing yourself a favor. We stay connected to you here on the show because of C Spire. Now, connected does not necessarily mean just while this show is on the air, on your radio. It could be I'm tweeting something to you or uploading or we video something and we post to the Instagram stories and streaming live on Facebook and Twitter, all those things around the clock because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, thanks to my handy-dandy iPhone, connected to you via LTE at C Spire. A reminder, the C Spire tech movement is moving forward in our region. You've probably read something about that. They're doing that through teaching and technology, which strengthens the economy, positions it for success in the digital age of today, which you certainly know. That's where we live. It improves the quality of life in our communities. Learn more about it here. Go on over there. Not now, later. cspire.com slash tech movement. Look it up, C Spire. Customer inspired. All right, so you can call, you can text, you can tweet. Lots of ways to be a part of the show. Text me at 885-ESPN. That is a 601 number. 885-ESPN. The original JR is educating me. We're having the Cowboys-Eagles conversation about how this weekend is kind of a de facto, feels like a de facto NFC East Championship game. Two teams with the same record, but Dallas currently holds one win head-to-head against Philadelphia. And the original JR texted and said, Matt, the Eagles have to win out. Dallas only has to beat the Eagles. Okay, so if the Eagles win this weekend, they have to win the last one. Dallas wins this weekend. That's it. They wrap the division. And, you know, that's eight wins, and they either go – Nine and seven, eight and eight, one or the other, just depending on how that last one goes. And then you, if Dallas wins this weekend, you have the debate of whether or not they play all their players and go all out on trying to win the final regular season game versus the alternative and rest players. And we'll get into that if and when we cross that bridge. That okay? Sounds good to me. You can uh, watch the stream of the show if you want to. Here in the studio, it's just me talking. I mean, that's really not that interesting. I would just keep listening if I were you. But anyway, check it out. Facebook.com slash Radio Wyatt. Streaming it live there on Facebook Live. On Twitter, I am at Radio Wyatt. And there is a 
stream link there if you want to watch it too via Periscope. So there you go. Matthew commented on Facebook and says, I love the intro, Matt. Thank you, Matthew. You might as well love it because we've been just playing it twice a day ad nauseum. <laughs> I told Roger about a year ago, hey, I'm working on a new intro. I got about halfway done with it and quit. I need to pick that one back up. So it was sort you know, of I was a lot. Thinking when I was listening to that, I hadn't really paid attention to the crowd, how loud it was, even then. Oh, yeah. What's that like playing and you walk out there and they're yeah, the roaring? Yeah. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. And, you know, I would say that you don't, as a player, get to really feel it and soak that in the crowd noise and the electricity the way you do as a fan or as an onlooker. Because as a player, you are blocking all of that out. You're suited up, too. Yeah, and you're, you're so thinking about what you have to do that the atmosphere and the noise and that kind of stuff is really a – you just kind of get this – I'll put it this way. In four years of college football and playing on the field in those four years, I don't think I ever heard the band while I was on the field. Really, I, I never paid attention to the cowbells. People go, what's it like when you're on the field and they're ringing cowbells? I don't really know because I never heard them. We had uh, Willie Richardson did a show here. You know, he played for Baltimore and with Johnny Unitas. So, you know, he'd been, been around a few places. And he told me, he finally, you know, uh, not so uh, many years ago, he finally went to the game, a game at State. Mm-hmm. And they recognized him like he had gone to school there. I mean, he was really, I mean, just amazed. But the, but the sound, he said, yeah. he he never heard anything like that when he played in the pros. Right. You just a, well, when and look for him when he's on the field, he didn't hear that stuff because he's blocking same as you it just all. Said out. right, right. Yeah. You know, he, it, you can't remember it because you're not processing it. You're only processing what your job is. You know, especially at the highest level. So pretty interesting. It's kind of like we talk about Brett Favre playing in that cold weather in Green Bay all those years. A guy from the Mississippi Gulf Coast. How did he do that? And you remember that game, the Packers and the Giants, when it was like four degrees and or negative four degrees, and Eli Manning and the Giants went up there and won that game, and there's ice everywhere. And you think, how do they do this and play when it's that cold? Well, while they're on the field, they don't even know it's cold. It's just not. An outside factor like that is not something their brain is processing. They don't care if it's cold or hot. When they're on a field, they're only thinking about their job. It's just the nature of playing the game. Hey, real quick, let's start off uh, I've with heard something different. I've heard something different, though, for people who played in Canada. <laughs> it's probably extra cold there, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, negative yeah. 40 is a whole different deal. Yeah, John Bond will tell you how cold it is. Let's start off real quick on the Divinity Equipment phone. Ponto, hanging on. What's up? Hello. Are you there? I think we lost him. We'll try it again. Call us back. Ponto? Hello. hello. Oh, he's, he's gone. He gone. All right. right. 995-1059 is a number to the Divinity Equipment phone. 995-1059. Feel free to give me a call. Let me ask you something. Stop what you're doing and think about this question. Why does anybody care what somebody else is wearing? 
Yeah, I know it's National Signing Day, and it sounds like Matt is about to go down a fashion conversation. Are we talking yoga pants? Anything, Roger. Okay, now I understand that in civilized society, there are certain basic ground rules. Here's an example. No shirt, no service. No shoes. No shoes. Okay. You don't want people walking into your four-star restaurant shirtless. I kind of get it. Okay. It's expected. I grew up in Baptist churches in the South, and it's pretty expected that we... We wear mostly some of our best clothes to church on Sunday. Show a little respect, yeah. If somebody is at church at my church, this is 2019, and if somebody's at my church and they have on boots and blue jeans and they're muddy, honestly, I don't care. I'm just glad they're there. They're not getting run out of there or turned away. But if I can, you know, you wear your better clothes to church on Sunday. I understand that there are certain social norms, but what I'm doing right now is with you collectively, you and I are taking a step back and we're just going to observe this for a second. The fact that apparently so many people care what someone else is wearing. I want to submit something to you. I think that is a false narrative that people care that people actually care when i say people i'm talking about everyday folks like me and you we're just working a job we're trying to make our living and we're just pretty much minding our own business you and i are joe public we are joe q public okay what happens In the media slash celebrity world, from a sales perspective, the fashion industry, okay, penetrates and permeates into that, onto that platform of media and celebrity so as to promote their products and the things they sell and the ideas they want to purport in fashion. Because if Tom Brady will wear something, they may sell more of them to people that frankly can't really afford it and don't really need it. That's what fashion is. That's what the fashion industry is. Let's sell them something they don't really need. It doesn't really have a purpose. <laughs> okay, so I've, I've, well, all I've done right here is I have basically set the tone for this conversation. Because I saw this link. And I clicked on it, and now I came away thinking, what's the big deal? The headline was this on CBS Sports. Twitter goes crazy over Bill Belichick's very relaxed and rather ridiculous press conference outfit. This is written by someone named Shanna McCarriston at CBS Sports. She wrote, For better or worse, New England Patriots coach Bill Belichick is known for his fashion sense. Usually, it's for worse. But the man definitely knows how to make a statement with clothing. Okay, let's stop right there for just a sec. Real quick, just hang on. This is a media person who writes for CBS Sports, who's a part of the media world covering celebrities. 
all of them have drummed up an idea in their head that me and you, Joe Q. Public, as their readers, viewers, watchers, really care about the fashion sense of celebrities. They think that. They believe that. They write about it. And if you pay attention, watching your television, they talk about it. When my theory is that in reality, me and you, y'all and I, we don't care what they wear. And certainly don't want my time wasted by you talking about it, covering it. Here is the video on Twitter. Bill Belichick, he obviously has been at practice. He is a football coach. He may have been riding an exercise bike or walking on a treadmill. He has on sneakers, socks, Roger, sweatpants that are slightly up the calf. They don't go all the way to his ankles. They're like, he's like he's been working out almost. They are sweatpants. And then a sweatshirt that says New England Patriots on the front, short sleeves. And he goes walking to the podium. And apparently, according to the media, this is a big deal. Well, it does he does look a little disheveled there. I mean, he's got his uh, the cuff of the things is riding up behind his knee on one side, like he didn't pull them down. Right. This is a man who is a football coach, who has either been coaching football, working on football, or working out himself in the weight room, and is stepping into a press conference. And cares not one single iota what anybody thinks about what he's wearing. By the way, he is uh, picture-proof if you need it. that You can work out every day with the NFL intensity and still look like that. <laughs> right, like a normal guy. Yeah, that's depressing. <laughs> but what happened? This story said that Twitter went crazy. Well, it didn't. You know who went crazy over this? The media. Listen to where I'm going, people. Listen to me. They call, they call it, by the way, it has a name now, his fashion sense. What do they call it? Belichick. Belichick. Yeah. People, <laughs> people, fans, Joe Q public, did not go crazy over what Bill Belichick is wearing. He's got on sweatpants and sweatshirt. He didn't put on a suit and tie. So what? The fact is 99.9% of people do not care. But. Jamel Hill, little blue check mark. You know, but Jamel Hill, formerly of ESPN, and talked her way out of that job. She it wasn't she, by talking sports. That's she sure. woked her way out of that job. Yeah. Well, she sure tweeted about it. Bill Belichick looking, uh, looking like he's going to the grocery store. You know, she's still trying to be relevant, I guess. Uh, some political person with a blue check mark. Um, puts a little side by side, makes fun of what he's wearing. It's I the think we media. know what the problem really is here. It's the media is the problem. No, well, also who's who's the owner of the Patriots friends with? Who's you know? Yeah, Trump. You think it's a Trump? Yeah, thing? I mean, is it, the, the Trump connection. People. Well, maybe yeah. it is, but this is Bill Belichick. You didn't hate okay? him already. <laughs> the winningest football coach in the NFL, and not fans, not Joe Q. Public, but the media are incredibly concerned with what he is wearing. Yesterday, Roger, I'm on my, I mean, my, uh, two days ago, I'm in my car. I'm driving to Jackson. I'm coming down there to see you and do the show and do some work. And I flip on a podcast 
that is a tele, it's a podcast of a television show. It is a sports talk show on Fox Sports. The two guys talking are Nick Wright and Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell, the former Florida State quarterback, who's just a big mouth idiot. Tell <laughs> run run tell him I said that. Okay. But look, this is the beginning of the show. I wanted to hear them talk. This is Monday. I wanted to hear them talk about the football games from Sunday, the day before. This is the way they started the show. Real quick, if I may, because we have a ton of football to yeah. get to. I like Danny Cannell in this regard, well, in a lot of regards, but this one in particular. You were doing the turtleneck thing before yeah. anybody was. That's right. And now, and now everyone's on it, and yep. so you zig when everyone else is Exactly. Got to mix it up What's a little What's the next vest? thing? I oh, the vest. First it up a little, little two-tone vest okay. situation. Yeah. I like it's the a little look. bit of a banker look, but we'll go with yeah, it. Yeah, well, Rock it fits it. your persona. <laughs> Rich. Too much going on. Great day of football yesterday. Five teams clinching playoff spots. Thank Thank goodness, thank so much for a female host who can get a sports show back on track. Because two talking heads, who because they're on television, they now believe that they are making fashion statements. They began a Monday show on a platform like Fox Sports on television now, and I'm listening to the podcast. After an NFL Sunday when teams have clinched playoff spots, have won divisions, and one host puts her on hold so that for two minutes they can talk about what Danny Cannell is wearing. And do you know why? It's because instead of the material on that show, instead of the games, the thing that those two men were most preoccupied by getting ready to get on the air is what they are wearing. They are convinced that people care what they are wearing. I don't think anybody in television or anybody at ESPN or anybody at Fox really cares what I think. And that's kind of the problem is because what I am is Joe Q public, just like you. We are the audience. They probably should care what we think, but they, they really don't care what I think. They care what they think. They, they care what some other broadcaster thinks who might talk to them the next time they bump into each other and they can compliment each other's shoes. Folks, that is the world. The reality is that you don't care and I don't care and nobody cares what Bill Belichick wears. And you and I and nobody cares if Danny Cannell wears a turtleneck. But the media world, the big media world, really believes you do. I'm sick of it. The best advice that I can give to you, let's just talk to each other. Let's just talk to us. The best advice that I can give to you is this regarding fashion. Nobody cares what you are wearing but you. Now, make yourself happy. Be comfortable. If you know, looking a certain way or another based on your clothes makes you feel a certain way, feel free, deal with it, live your life. But just understand this basic truth. If I could say it to Nick Wright and Danny Cannell and to the woman who wrote about it with Belichick and to any other media person or announcer, if I could say it to them, I would say it and hope they listen. Nobody cares what you're wearing but you. 
Please move on to sports. All right, the Vinny Equipment phone. Ponto is back. Let's try it again. Ponto, what's up? Hey, hey, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Same to you, man. Um, yeah, I have a question and a comment, and I'm going to maybe set something a mistake you just made. It's not a big deal, small mistake. How, how do we keep How do we keep Freddie Dickens from getting fired? What in, can I do in Cleveland? Yeah, what can I do? Win. Is that, is that <laughs> simple oh, enough? Oh, yeah, beat the Ravens. But listen, the mistake, not a big deal, but the Cowboys don't have to beat Philadelphia. No, they don't. They don't have to win the game. All they got to do is not lose. Oh, so they could tie you it? Can tie. Yeah, so go to overtime yeah. and tie? Yeah. Well, you call that a mistake, but really it's just you being a smart aleck. No, I'm kidding. I'm correct. kidding. That's correct. No, I'm you're kidding. right. You're right. <laughs> but I'm going to let you go. Have yeah. a happy New Year. Right, God bless. Yeah, God bless you, you too, Ponto. Thank you, man. Uh, and, and Drug Dog, if you can hang on, I'm going to get to you next. It won't take long. We'll be right back. A little aside, and we'll continue along here in hour number two on the Matt Wyatt Show. I'm Matt. He's Roger. This is the Farm Bureau Studio. Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show. Okay, continuing along here, hour two of the show with you on this Wednesday in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team, staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. Let's do the phone thing on the Divinity phone with Drug Dog, who's been hanging on forever, and I appreciate that. Drug Dog, interesting name. What's up? Well, I, I got that because I'm in uh, pharmaceuticals and I'm a big bulldog. Fan. I had so hoped. I, I, I hope uh, that's what it was. <laughs> say, don't bring that dog over here. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Hey, listen, Matt, uh, do not change the person you are. Your takes and the way you think are such a breath of fresh air uh, for us normal people out here. Don't change, man. You're doing a fantastic job, and I love listening to your show. Thank you. I uh, appreciate that. Second of, second of all, you're absolutely right. Nobody cares what other people wear. My preacher wears blue jeans and a blue jeans to church, mm-hmm. and we've got branches in Starkville, Oxford, Clinton, Madison, and, and, and Jackson. So, you know, that, that, that's fantastic. So, man, hey, just get to church. It doesn't matter if you wear jeans or not. Yeah, let's, let's worry about hey, Let's say amen to that. Amen. Let's worry about the reality on the inside versus the perception on the outside. Let's do that. Hey, and on that Uh, note, Drug Dog, uh, can I ask you a question? Uh, Now, it's it's sort of rhetorical. This would be for everybody. But I was thinking about this the other day. What is the purpose of a necktie? 
uh, to make men as uncomfortable as possible. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, um, I was thinking about and I guess, you know, it's probably a little stodgy to say that everything we wear ought to have a purpose. <laughs> but I'm going, you know, for instance, we wear things that no one can see. Therefore, it's not anything, it's not a fashion statement. We wear things no one can see. Take underwear, for instance, that serves a very defined purpose. That's why we wear it, because it has a purpose. Pants, <laughs> shorts, shirts, hats for a bald guy, shoes and socks. Okay, we make fashion statements with all of those things, but they also all serve a very obvious and important purpose from time to time. But the necktie. See, and I'm not fighting this battle. It's not a big enough deal. But like tonight, Drug Dog, I'm going to go and call the Mississippi State basketball game on SEC Network Plus with Bart Gregory. And it, you'll be able to watch it on your phone on the ESPN app. Well, because it's a basketball game, we will we are under the understanding, we have been told, it is a coat and tie affair. Must have a tie on. So every now and then for fun, I ask those people, what's the purpose of the tie? Who's it for? Because it ain't for me. Because it doesn't serve one stinking purpose for me. It doesn't keep me warm. It doesn't keep me cool. It doesn't hold my shirt up. My shirt's got buttons. It's strictly only an appearance thing. And it probably came way back when, 100 years ago, people wore ties around the neck because they didn't have buttons on their shirt. And it held the shirt up or something along those lines. Okay, fine. It started in... uh the 1600s, the Croatian soldiers wore them around the neck, made them easier to identify. Okay, so it's strictly an appearance thing. Well, I'm not interested in appearance. Why do I have to wear it? And why are you making me wear it? And then here's a, and the last thing, drug dog, and this may not be what you called to do, but let me just bring this up. In 2019, the pocket square, <laughs> some idiot is going to run out here and pay $50 for a silk pocket square and stick it in the pocket out in the front and hang some of it out because it matches his stupid tie. Now, you know what? Originally, real men, John mm. Wayne, had a handkerchief mm. 45 years ago, 50 years ago. But you had to save that for the ladies. Look, but it served a purpose, Roger. And let me yeah. tell you something. If she got a little lipstick on the you know outside of her lip, give me that handkerchief. If he was sitting in church <laughs> and needed to blow his nose, he blew his nose. It served a purpose. But now we're going we're going to buy a fifty dollar pocket square, stick it in the pocket, and and be doggone if we wipe anything with it, and for sure ain't blowing our nose in it because we paid fifty bucks for it. It's the stupidest <laughs> stuff I've ever seen in my life. All right, rant over. You have the floor. No, I love it. <laughs> no, no, I love it. Uh, Matt, you would love this. I own one tie, and I wear it to funerals. So uh, <laughs> okay. that's, that's all the ties that I own. But hear this, and I'll let you run. There, there, are, there are one person and one thing that I am concerned about the dress, or what they wear. One is I don't want state wearing white helmets because it reminds us of Croom, and I think most state fans would agree. Go back to the maroon helmets, get rid of the white helmets. And second of all, and this is the most important thing, is I unfortunately have a 90 old Miss, and I'm very concerned because I want her to wear more clothes. 
if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, I can totally understand that, man. What, look, some of these ball games, especially in the warm weather on these college campuses, because I have a daughter who's eight now, and you know, I have that experience of going, man, how could her parents let her walk out of the house in that? But that's just proving how old I am, I guess. Hey, man, I appreciate yep. your call. Yep. Thanks for the kind words. Call me anytime, okay? Take care. Bye. You too. On the text line, Jay in Baltimore says, a story on Belichick's attire is confirmation. There is no need <laughs> for a 24-hour-a-day sports coverage channel. <laughs> I think that's what we're running into. Huh? <laughs> hey, wait a minute. <laughs> what are we supposed to do? <laughs> Hold on, time out, Roger. Said. Well, we well we we do we do interrupt the sports talk with the Gridiron Show. <laughs> Come on, Roger. <laughs> Jason on the text line. Oh, wait says, a minute, I, I forgot. Jason on the text line says stuff like that is why I listen to local sports radio and haven't turned on anything other than games in six years, and that's kind of the way I am, Jason. And it's a why a lot of times. Tele- ball games on television, I try to get there and turn it on after the game has gotten underway, and I watch them on mute nine out of ten times. I'm just being honest. Now, Hogjowl brings this up. He says, hey, Matt, doesn't jewelry fall in the same category? <sighs> yeah, and look, i got a ring on my finger right here. Yeah, it's a status indicator. It's a status indicator, Roger. That's what jewelry is. Yeah, back before Facebook, we had to have stuff like that. Hey, and listen, I just almost kind of like egging her on. I've done this with the homecoming queen before, but I'll say, what's the purpose of a diamond? What's it do? Oh, Lord. What are we going to do? We're just going to sit here and look at it? What's she say? <laughs> I can't, can't wait to hear this. Well, she, it, yeah, I've had a couple times she'd say, well, you know the purpose. It's a, you know, it is a status indicator, but it. It says to anybody that gets within range of me, hey, I'm off limits. And I was like, you know, okay, you want to convince me that's worth $10,000 or $5,000 or whatever you pay for a diamond ring? Okay, you, you can probably convince me. But, but at the heart of this, this is, let me tell you about the human race. Let me tell you about the human race. We're a mess, man. At the heart of this, Roger, <laughs> we're going to pay thousands of dollars for a rock that will sit there and do nothing. Oh, wait, we'll do something. We're just going to look at it. Happy wife. Happy <laughs> life. That's Bingo. worth $5,000 right there. That's exactly right, man. If you, if you ever wondered who everything is about, it's about, here we go, air quotes, air, air, quotes, air quotes. <laughs> all right. All right, Jake. It's about her. That's what this is all about. It's about her. And look, man, I'm okay with it. Ultimately, it's been a fun rant, but we've gotten to the end of this, and I'm okay with it. If I ever start a men's fashion podcast, the title will be John Wayne's Handkerchief. (laughs) Stick around. You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
amongst us, one of us got to have some relief. Okay, I got an update for you. We we had a lot of concerned listeners on the text line, on Twitter, on Facebook, on the stream. A lot of concerned listeners about these three individuals, two of whom were freshman football players at State who were involved in an auto accident and there were some injuries. Uh, here is the update for you, a statement from Mississippi State Athletics. This came into my email inbox. Um... Well, it was almost actually it was sent out almost an hour ago, so it took me that long to look at it. But here is the update. It's a statement from Mississippi State. Mississippi State football student athletes DeMonte Russell and JP Purvis, along with another individual not affiliated with MSU, were involved in an automobile accident on Highway 25 yesterday evening, December 17th, following team practice. DeMonte was treated and released. JP is resting comfortably in the hospital. MSU is not authorized to comment on the third individual involved. The university is grateful to first responders for the assistance provided to our students. The Mississippi Highway Safety Patrol worked the accident. That is the end of the quote. So what... You can't talk about HIPAA stuff. That's right. And what was initially thought to be very, very serious... In a statement, it does say that Purvis is resting comfortably in the hospital, which leads you to believe it's positive. So, Sounds like he's stabilized. Stabilized, yeah. So that's what we have. On the text line, real quick, Jason, thanks for those images. I love to see those pictures of some of the sites you're seeing out west. So thanks for sending those. All right. Grumpy is hanging on the Divini Equipment phone. Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. Grumpy, what's up? Oh, uh, not much, Matt. Uh, I uh, had a had a recording I was going to call in, so but I just I I enjoyed Drug Dog's call <laughs> and uh, had had a lot of things. It sounds like we've got the same pastor. I'm I'm not a blue jeans man, but uh, I don't mind if he wears them at all. But uh, you, your topic was talking about changes in the show. Please don't change anything on the show. No. And uh, if, if some of that morality hangs over, man, let it go. And uh, sure. put a little Jesus in there once in a while, too. Absolutely. And uh, I love the stories about your dad. Uh, man, you need to uh, include <laughs> your dad. I love those stories about your dad. we got to get him uh, on the air. Uh, yeah, thanks, it, Grumpy. Uh, I really do me, uh, need to get him on here. It, it reminds me a lot of my dad. And... Uh, you were talking about totes and stores the other day here in Jackson. Let me tell you, I rode in 1959. I rode my bicycle down to a totes and store. I wasn't supposed to, and when I got home, <laughs> I got my rear end tore up because mm-hmm. I was not supposed to go to the totes and store on my bicycle. So that that brought back a lot of. What'd you go get? Uh, What'd you just have to have uh, a comic book at uh, that? Pe- that and pencil erasers. Mm. Had to have pencil erasers. Yeah, for, you know, that. We wore out a lot of pencils back in the elementary school at the good old Doolin Elementary in North Jackson. But listen, uh, Roger had mentioned, hadn't heard from Hank. If anybody knows anything about Hank, uh, uh, we hadn't heard from Hank in a long time. I've thought about Hank, and uh, I'm glad to hear Chicken Hawk is on the mend. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I had to crud myself a couple of weeks ago, but if anybody knows anything about Hank, uh, wish they'd texted in or, or whatever, or if Hank can call in, uh, we've missed him being on the air. 
Yeah, I even agree. though he is one in, even though he is one of those Bengal Tigers. That's right. Well, and I agree, Grumpy. Yeah, uh, we'd love to get an update. It has been a while since we heard from Hank. And one know. one thing you said something about your intro. Whatever you do to your intro, I love it. But be sure to include Mister Jack in there. Don't don't got to have Mister Jack Crystal in your intro. So, yeah. You know, All right. Uh, his, his voice brings so many memories back. Uh, no kidding. Well, okay. listen, y'all have a Merry Christmas and a, and a Happy New Year, and because I'm gonna sign out for a few weeks. But okay. uh, God bless y'all. All right. And uh, Godspeed to those Mississippi State ball players hurt in the wreck. Yeah. Thank you, Grumpy. Yeah. Have a great one. Merry Christmas to you too. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much. All right. So it's like every time Grumpy calls, he's the least grumpy person we've ever talked to. So that's like the big guy who calls in. His name's Tiny. Well, David on the text line says that uh, Hank's moved back to Louisiana, oh, but just, just for okay. old time's sake, let me let me pull out a little Hank here. Uh, uh, hi, man. Y'all have a Merry Christmas, man. We thought, we all ask you next year. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Jason said that Grumpy sounds like Jerry Jones. He, he has a little Jerry, Jarrah, in his uh, voice there for sure. Okay, so we're kind of getting towards the end here. Today on this Wednesday is signing day 1.0. The first signing day for this signing class. State had a few more names come in there. Um, we'll have a ability to kind of recap the whole thing. Um, but they got signatures from Jaden Wally, an athlete uh, from D'Iberville High School. Armandus Cooley, a defensive tackle from Wayne County High School. And one more, Dylan Johnson, the running back from... Greenville St. Joe. So three more signees for Mississippi State. Since it is signing day, I thought I would remind you some of the more uh, unbelievable stunts that have been pulled over the years. Signing day brings out some of the best in college football, in recruiting, and it also brings out some of the worst, for sure. Kevin Hart, 2008. High school prospect, right? Fernley, Nevada. He apparently was the first football prospect from Fernley to ever receive a Division I football scholarship offer. He offered it, however, to himself. <laughs> Roger, this kid, Kevin Hart in 2008, arranged a press conference at his school. His classmates came out. His peers there filled the gym. On the table in front of him, two hats. We know the hat ceremony. He had a Cal hat and an Oregon hat. Cameras, microphones were there. Video, everything. I do want to point out, this is not Kevin Hart, the comedian. Right, not Kevin Hart, the comedian. This is a, a kid named Kevin Hart who in front of Piers and everybody reached and grabbed the cowl hat and put it on, and there was a cheer and a celebration. He thanked his family. He thanked his classmates. In reality, he should have thanked himself because he is the one who offered the scholarship to himself. He had no Division I offers, and he orchestrated the signing day press conference without actual scholarship offers. 
after news and footage of this hit, the schools actually confirmed that. It all unraveled. He apologized. And he faded into the Internet's long history of signing day oddities. You know what he's it's called? The boy who cried cow. <laughs> the, the if boy you want to Google it, look it up. That's how you can find it. <laughs> the boy who cried you know, cow. bear because <laughs> of yeah. the cow bears. Hey, yeah, it's cow hat. Yeah, uh, here locally, Roger, everybody will remember this one. Fast forward to 2011. Floyd Raven. Texas A&M and Ole Miss. It came down to two schools on signing day. He was a four-star cornerback from Louisiana. And on signing day, his mother forged his signature and faxed it in to Ole Miss. However, the people at Ole Miss could not read it. So they asked the player himself to send confirmation, which he didn't do because he didn't send the original because he had decided he was going to Texas A&M. He sent the real thing in to Texas A&M. He defended his mother. He said that he just got caught up. She was doing what she thought was the right thing. She didn't know signing the papers was serious. Ole Miss coach Houston Nutt said, quote, his mom, mom really wanted him here. Mom wanted him here in the worst way. And so David, our expert on that, that'd be David Wells. So the bottom line is when they told us that we said, hey, look, I want you to be here because you really want to be here. And the kid was so torn. It's really hard. It's a hard, hard decision. But when mom told me that, I said, hey, look, I want you to do what's in your heart. And I think at the time he wanted to go elsewhere and look, and I wanted them to be here. And bottom line is we got a signature. We got a letter. But I want people that want to be here. <laughs> End quote. Houston Nutt. Mom wanted him at Ole Miss, and the kid wanted to go to Texas A&M. And nobody will ever forget Landon Collins, who had a great career at the University of Alabama, Drafted by the Giants, played for them. He's moved on to a new team now. But when he committed at the Under Armour All-American game on national television, Under Armour or one of those games, his mother sitting right next to him. He's a five-star safety. His mother, April Justin, sitting right next to him, put her head down in disgust when he committed to Alabama on national TV. They put a microphone in her face. She grimaced and she said, LSU is a better place for him to be. LSU Tigers, number one, go Tigers. Thanks, <laughs> Landon had a three-year career at Alabama and got himself drafted in the first round. <laughs> Signing day, folks. I'm glad it's not as weird as it used to be, for now anyway. See y'all tomorrow. See ya. You've been listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.